With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you would like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa travels to Lincoln, Nebraska on Black Friday for the final game of the regular season. It's a 1:30 kick. Nebraska ended a four-game losing streak with a 54-7 win over Maryland last weekend. The Hawkeyes have won four straight in this series and open as three-point favorites. My guest today covers Nebraska for KLIN Radio in Lincoln. He is their sports director and he's a buddy of mine, Caleb Henry. Caleb, thank you for the time. Oh, love it, AD. Love to get on and uh, talk a little Husker and Hawkeye. It's a rival for anyone that's wondering. Yes, yes it is. Uh, we, we, we will get there. How big was it to get that win over the weekend in Maryland? It was, it was, I mean, it was big, but it was also necessary. Um, we heard from quarterback Adrian Martinez, and if there's anyone who sounds more like a coach than some coaches at the podium, it's it's uh, Martinez. But he said before the game needed it for bowl eligibility. Nebraska hadn't got to five wins in uh, the last couple seasons. It's been since 2016. Um, so, one, you already got the most wins there in a few seasons. But, two, to go out and make it a no-doubter, that was probably the biggest thing to – to not have to play a close game because um, frankly, that's the way Nebraska has gone. It's some of these games that they were supposed to just go uh, kind of take a team to the woodshed. They haven't, they've lost a couple of them. Think Indiana, think Purdue. And then you get kind of down the stretch going, Oh no, is there the possibility at a bowl game? Well, one game to go had to get that one in Maryland and everyone feels better after a win. I know Iowa was under Kirk Ferentz. I mean, you've had a lot more wins than you have losses, but still, Think about any week that you come in on a Monday, everyone just feels better, whether it's at the office, around the water cooler, or the players showing up to the press conferences. It's a better feeling when you do get that win and you get it handedly. I, I would imagine that most of the fan base can't be satisfied by this season, no matter what happens in, in these final couple of games against Iowa and then a po- possibly a bowl game. But how, how big would it be to to win the last two games and get to a bowl game, albeit a, a minor bowl game and one that you know doesn't feel kind of worthy of, of the, the heights of Nebraska? Yeah, it's not an Orange Bowl and it, it's not a, a playoff and there's no uh, West Division championship, but at the same time, you look at kind of the history of Husker fans. If it's not, if it's not a conference championship and it's not one loss on the year, there, there's there is a little bit of disappointment. That that's one of the things that comes with the expectations of being Nebraska, with the way the team was from the Bob Devaney era all the way through the '90s and then early 2000s. That is the expectation that's around the program, whether anyone likes it or not. Um, whether anyone wants to not live in the past with a lot of the old Husker fans, but that's just the way it is. That's the expectation around the program. 
to, to win this Friday, that, I mean, first of all, it's a large task being Iowa coming to town. Um, if anything, Husker fans can be happy that Iowa is out of the West division race. So there might be a little bit of, Hey, there's not something for the Hawkeyes to play for, but for the Huskers to go win, get to a bowl game, that's those 15 extra practices. Um, Nebraska is returns every skill or yeah, every offensive lineman and the majority of their skill players, especially their impact ones. Um, and then some significant defensive players as well. So you get those extra practices, you get to a bowl game, the way the program is with a young, younger coaching staff, just in their second year, you kind of, you can't even put a number on how much it would mean to a program just to get that extra time together to say that, yes, this is going in the right direction. Looking at the game on Friday, what should Iowa fans be looking for when uh, when the Huskers have the ball as far as, you know, playmakers, obviously Martinez, uh, but but beyond him, uh, what should Iowa fans who haven't watched this team play much this year be, be focused on? Well, besides Martinez, you're going to want to watch to see who is even in the backfield with him. Uh, we've seen Diedrich Mills the last couple games out, um, but he has been a little banged up as well. A number of offensive players have had kind of some illness. Uh, Wandale Robinson has been kind of the main uh, ball carrier back there, but he's a wide receiver. That's one of the, the strangest things. The 5'10", 190 pound freshman has been leading the, the backfield in, in rushing for the majority of the season. He's missed the last couple games. He's uh, on the watch list to be a freshman All-American. Uh, Martinez was last year. The year before that, it was J.D. Spielman. J.D. Spielman just became uh, the first Husker ever to go three seasons of 800 receiving yards um, in each one of those seasons. You got Spielman on the edge, and then whoever's going to be carrying the ball in the backfield. Um, one of the keys, we saw this last week, Luke McCaffrey, freshman quarterback, yes, the brother of Christian McCaffrey, he, uh, he got in the game as a receiver. He's a third-string quarterback for Coach Scott Frost. So kind of wherever, if he gets utilized in the game, he's got one more to use to be uh, to maintain that red shirt. But if, if Hawkeye fans, and I, I think this will be right up the alley for Iowa fans, if you have to key in on one player, I would actually look not at a, a skill position, but I would look at center Cameron Jurgens. He's a red shirt freshman, um, converted from a tight end, and most importantly, watch not not every time where he's making blocks and where he's making calls, but it's really easy in the shotgun. Watch where that snap is going because so much of this offense is predicated on timing. Early in the year, Jurgens was having some snap issues because it was his first year playing center. But when his snaps are good, the offense gets going a little bit better. And it's uh, it's a homegrown guy, you know. Everyone likes the the homegrown guy. Uh, being at the center and the focal point of the offense. How about defensively? Who are some big playmakers or maybe position groups uh, to look for? Um, defensively, you're going to want to watch uh, the Davis twins, Carlos Davis uh, and Khalil Davis on either end. And then whether or not Darian Daniels is uh, is healthy. So all across that defensive line, and that's one of the things that's kind of plagued the Huskers this year is whether or not they can get a pass rush from those guys up front because uh, defensive coordinator Eric Chenander has had to bring extra pressure from some guys, and that's left them vulnerable um, over the top in the secondary with linebackers having to maybe pick up some extra guys in coverage. That defensive line across the front is going to be a big deal, and we also know that the way Iowa wants to run the ball, they're going to have to 
get in there with their run fits and not just trying to get into the backfield. Um, Nebraska's had a lot of issues on third down. So a third and long um, trying to get that pass rush has not gone well this year, but against Maryland, as we talked about kind of a get right game and having things go well, Davis twins got in the backfield a lot. So I don't know how much of that's going to carry over into this Friday. What's an area of Iowa's team that you think Nebraska is going to be able to exploit Friday? See, and that's the hard part about looking at the the Iowa team is that defensively, and I've made this comparison a number of times, when I look at the Iowa team here in 2019, they remind me a lot of the 2009 Nebraska team with Indomitian and Sue, but an offense that was very suspect. Um, so I think if, if Nebraska is going to have to exploit anything, it's going to have to be um, with a defense playing a little bit better than they have for a while. And um, with the way Nebraska's defense actually played against Wisconsin for the majority of the game, going to have to try to find a way to make Nate Stanley make some big throws. Um, we know I was going to run the ball, but if, if Nebraska can get Nate Stanley throwing the ball a lot more, I think that's going to be one of the places that, um, Eric Janander and Coach Frost want to get things going. Offensively, depending on, on the weather, I don't know how much uh, Frost and company can really exploit anything against the Hawkeye defense. From the Nebraska perspective, then, what's the most dangerous part of Iowa's team? Oh, easily the defense and the pass rush in Espinessa. I, I don't know how you really look anywhere else. I mean, um, Iowa ran the ball really, really well on Nebraska last year, but um, – Martinez in the backfield has had to make a lot of plays and get out of there. And both of his, his backups, Noah Vedral and Luke McCaffrey, um, same thing when they've been in the game, uh, that, that rush, whether it is stopping the run or getting in the backfield, Espinosa just looks so good on every single play that, that I've been able to, to watch for him, um, getting into the backfield on the runs, getting into the backfield on the pass rush. I think if Iowa can get Nebraska into third and long and get them off schedule, that's going to make for a really, really long day for Husker fans. Now, this is the last Black Friday game between these two teams for a couple of years. Uh, you you all will still have a game on that day. I think you played Minnesota on Black Friday. Minnesota. Iowa goes to play Wisconsin the last game of the season, although it'll be the Saturday after Thanksgiving for the next two years. Then we'll resume this really fun uh, this really fun rivalry. I think this is a terrible time to be moving this game off of rivalry weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of right as it's as it's kind of rolling now. Uh, what's what is the thought about that over in Lincoln? Uh, well, actually, uh, Coach Frost just talked about it on Monday at his press conference. He said that it makes sense to have Iowa as the last week, have that as the last game, just because you share a border. Nebraska doesn't share a border with anyone else in the conference. So geographically, you, you've got your your rival by proximity, if nothing else. You've also got fans that it's fun to throw stuff back and forth across the river. You guys get a uh, wager on sports uh, on sports every day, and we don't. That's one of the things we got to go back and forth where we can on social media. Um, but this is the 30th year in a row for Nebraska having a Black Friday game. It was Oklahoma, then it was Colorado, and it's been Iowa. There's been three teams that Nebraska has played on Black Friday um, over the last 30 years. And Coach Ross even said, after these two years, it's going to be nice to go back and it just be annually against Iowa. And hopefully down the road between these two teams, as was the possibility early in the year, maybe some of the preseason projections got a little bit wrong. This could be that game where you look at it and say, someone's got to win this to win the West division. 
Um, I know that's not the case for either of the teams this uh, this week as game day is going up to Minnesota. But I like it. I, I've always been a big fan of the Black Friday game, but I've also only known Black Friday games for my entire life. Uh, so I think it's one of the, the good traditions that Nebraska has, and I, I'm excited for it to get back to just being Iowa every year. Yeah, they need to just lock that in. You know, in, in two years when, when it resumes, just lock it in forever. Uh, I, I don't see why why you would exactly. go away from this at this point. Uh, Caleb, Iowa has had the upper hand in this series as of late, as you well know, uh, and, and the, the rivalry seems to be pretty heated, at least on social media. What is your <laughs> sense of how Nebraska fans view the Iowa program? I think it is, it's more generational than anything else. I think the older Huskers, the ones that sometimes just want everything to be the 90s, are, well, Nebraska doesn't have any rivals in the Big Ten, and especially not, not Iowa. You get to younger Nebraskans like myself, and actually a lot of folks that look at it as a not being stuck in the Big 12 and the Big 8 and only having Oklahoma and then Texas as rivals. This is a big deal. This is this is a game that I know a lot of Nebraskans. When you're you're close enough to, you're close enough in proximity that a lot of folks have just like Iowa and Iowa State. You've got families on both sides of it. I know a lot of folks that have family in Iowa or folks that live in Iowa and have family in Nebraska. It's on both sides of the river. There, it just makes sense that this is a, a rivalry. That I know, like you said, on social media. It's so much fun, and I, I've I've gone to the very basics of if you can classify a rivalry by, do you enjoy making fun of the other team and their fans? Yes. Do their fans enjoy making fun of your team and your fans? Yes. That's at least a little bit of a rivalry then, and that puts a little bit more on the game that there's bragging rights, and Nebraska hasn't had it for the last four years. They got three of the first four. Go win this ninth one here on the final Black Friday one, play earlier in the season, then get back to things ending the season the right way, Huskers and Hawkeyes. He is at I Caleb Henry on Twitter. Give him a follow for all your Husker news. Check out his work at KLIN Radio. Caleb, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for the time. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll face off in Lincoln on Black Friday. Love it, AD. Have a happy Thanksgiving, man. All right, there it is. It is a rivalry, although it's moving off of Black Friday for a couple of years, which, again, I'll just reiterate, is a terrible idea. Let's move this thing back to Black Friday and get it there forever. Iowa-Nebraska, Friday afternoon, 1.30 kick. Can the Hawkeyes make it five in a row against the Huskers? If they do, that would be 15 in a row against Nebraska, Iowa State, and Minnesota combined. Let's not talk about Wisconsin and that fourth trophy game and what's happened there the last handful of years. But five wins in a row against Iowa State, five wins in a row against Minnesota, five wins in a row against Nebraska. I know things aren't perfect. I know that we all want more. I know it can be easy to be disappointed. But, man, we got to stop and smell the roses sometimes and realize the, the era that we're in is not all bad. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. This is the last episode of the regular season. I will have a bowl episode, and we will have a bowl show, a HawkeyeNation.com radio show live from the front row. Stay tuned to this feed. Stay tuned to our Twitter accounts to find out when that will be. But first, let's go get a win in Lincoln. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks.